Hi, welcome to This is Sober. I'm Molly Desch, your host and sober coach. And today I'm speaking to Will House. He is a founder and tech startup leader in the sober industry. Um, I met, I haven't met Will until today, but I read his story in um, the Sobar newsletter. If anybody knows what Sobar is, they promote alternative drinks to alcohol. Really cool uh, industry, really cool uh, business. If you want to go check them out and support them. I was reading about Will's story on their newsletter and I thought it was really cool. He's come up with an app that helps people build these micro habits. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, talking about his experience with alcohol and what led him to sobriety. So without further ado, welcome, Will. How are you? Hi, Molly. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Of course. Where are you at? I'm in California, Northern California, which is uh, nice and sunny, as you'd expect. Um, yeah. How about you? I am in Kansas City, so it's also very sunny and warm here today. I'm actually probably going to go outside and catch some rays, float around in the pool after this. Oh, yes. Get the weekend started correct. I love it. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, like I said, um, I read your story on the Sobar newsletter. Um, you want to get us started and tell us a little bit about your your history? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be happy to, and um, let me know if I'm going too long or um, too in the weeds on things. But try to keep it brief. Um, I, uh, as you can probably tell, I, I originally um, come from the UK, and uh, I'm one of three uh, boys, youngest, the brat, if you like. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kept getting told I was spoiled all the time, but I'm I'm sure I wasn't that spoiled. But uh, I was too. I grew up with two boys. So of course, oh, I was spoiled. are you the youngest too? And I'm the youngest. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're on the same page now. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> we have built the rapport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so you know how that is. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's good, and and I always thought for a long period of time that it was a blessing being the youngest because uh, if you have brothers like like mine, you know, we were kind of a very very much a male environment. You know, very sport oriented, and I went to uh, you know single sex schools, which now when I think about it, it seems really ridiculous and strange. But um, <laughs> you know, so it was that kind of environment, very competitive and. You know, we were scrapping and fighting all the time. And um, I always thought that it was a blessing being the youngest because, you know, I could kind of learn from their mistakes. And I think for many years I, I did. But what I neglected to realize is that the biggest mistake that, you know, they were both making was drinking too much <laughs> and going out and, and normalizing, like, you know, drinking to absolute excess and, and stuff. And while that was fun and, you know, we had many laughs and, and good times growing up you know it certainly was a, a, a you know for the most part um a fun you know childhood and and um time growing up but what was happening as I've reflected on this was that you know I was around that type of um environment drinking and smoking and things from really really young from you know like uh, before my teens really um and you know like you molly it kind of just naturally like progressed because that's the behavior that you 
you have and um, that you've developed and uh, it progressed into this sort of thing that um, was was sort of a, that's the lifestyle you know you work hard play hard and um, you know with that I kind of went to college it just kind of really things took off there and uh, I, I had a great time don't get me wrong or what I thought was a great time but also you know I think the fundamental uh, behaviors of um, going out you know late nights drinking massively and and all these types of things were really taking effect at that point um, but that to one side you know I, I, I was pretty fortunate that I was able to get um, you know, graduate with a business degree to, uh, you know, the level I needed to. I worked for, you know, IBM as an intern in their software services business in London. I was one of 10, uh, well, about 15 um, that were based there. And my boss at the time was young and, and you know, in his late 20s, but very smart individual. He went on to um, achieve, you know, really big things in his career and still is is running uh, a big role uh, I believe at Oracle now in in Europe and oh. um, you know from there I, I kind of progressed through my career into HP and um, and then across the states to took a job at um, a company called Right Now in New York that got acquired by Oracle in 2011 and that was just so much fun it was a fantastic company just right timing right people right culture right everything and um it uh it was phenomenal highly enjoyable um and, and a couple of other um you know a few other startups after that as well and some some went well some didn't go so well but you know during that time it I was traveling a lot and I developed this sort of lifestyle of um you know going out and entertaining and and it just you know living in big city life and stuff like that you know and um in the end uh, it, it sort of got out of hand and and um, uh, in about, well, I guess October, I think it was 2016, I kind of made this decision to to stop drinking and got into AA and did a rehab stint. And um, what I found was that, you know, a lot of things didn't work particularly well. And um, for me anyway, and um, through that time, I, you know, figured out that uh, the best way to handle um these types of, of things and and get over these types of things was to focus on healthier habits and so that's kind of where over it was born um in late 2020 and I haven't drank since then so I think today is like day 890 or something I don't normally keep count but the app does so yeah that's awesome yeah I totally get what you're saying corporate America just like maybe not even corporate America so we were in the UK at the time but the corporate um culture right it just it yeah. promotes so much drinking and then yeah. you're traveling so you're by yourself you know there's nobody to hold you accountable like what else are you going to do but go down to the hotel bar in the evening yeah and right and drinks and the airport as well, you know. Oh I my gosh, to, yes. I used to call it air smash, which was like, you know, the, flying and drinking. I just used to really look forward to like, you know, San Francisco had this thing was called Dry Creek or something. I still remember it. Bar. And I used to love like going in there and just, you know, like pre-flight, have a few drinks and loosen up. And but you know, it it just it, it's never a few drinks. That's the problem. And um 
yeah you're it, it's so you can relate to all of that yeah I mean I was I've been in the corporate culture for a long time as well and right. it's that work hard play hard um so the company that I worked for the longest they would have beer Fridays and they would bring in these kegs and just right. set them on the floor. And at like two o'clock in the afternoon, people would get started. The company I work for now, there's um, there's a keg of beer in the kitchen at all times. I mean, it's just like, it's in your face. And if you want to, you know, develop camaraderie with your, your workmates, your teammates, you know, it's, it's happy hour. You've got to go to happy hour and get to know them. And the, it's not one hour it's we're shutting the bar down, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning and it's time to go home. And, you know, the next day you wake up and you're dragging ass going into the office and everybody feels the same as you do. And so you feel that connectedness, you know, you're complaining about how hungover you are and everybody's got fun stories like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that last night. It's just this culture that's ingrained in um, many of the businesses everywhere. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I hear that all, all the time. And um, yeah, the kegerator in the, in, in the kitchen is just I mean, that's very much like, I think it was, it started as, as a sort of startup West Coast kind of thing. And uh, I mean, I was amazed when I started flying out here because we, we didn't have that in, in New York or, or London. I mean, absolutely not in London. There was no such thing as alcohol in the office. It just didn't happen. <laughs> um, but, I knew better. But, but there was a pub across the street that right. was packed at yeah. like, you know, five on the dot you know what I mean so yeah you know it, it's it's kind of interesting it's just a different thing but that to me was a bit of a weird thing um but you know maybe things are changing I hope they are you know obviously we want to do our part to to help and obviously so do you and um I think that what what is great at the moment is that uh awareness seems to be shifting I think that that uh, there's less of this kind of like peer pressure type of culture going around. I think there's more acceptance around, you know, that it's okay to um, order a, uh, a mocktail. Although some guys don't like to call it a mocktail too much, you know, but <laughs> let's just call it an NA drink. Right. Um, you know, there's so many great products out there. I, I'm a huge fan of what's going on in that space, obviously. And um you know i i i want to see more of that you know definitely in in restaurants and bars and i think they should yeah. be doing more to support you know that people have choices you know i'm going to an event in in the summer here and in, in during car week and i enjoy love cars and things and um you know i think that type of event is i was just talking to someone about this yesterday and um I was saying so what's in, included in the ticket price and it was like well there's uh, champagne and there's uh, hors d'oeuvres and all this and I said okay but is is so does that mean that the ticket is cheaper if you don't drink champagne right yeah <laughs> no you know and I'm thinking this is a driving like this is a car event right I mean surely we should be talking about like you know driving and not drinking right instead of like oh my gosh and I, right? I, and I understand you know look I'm, I'm not I'm not here sort of saying 
you know, drinking is terrible. And because it's not for many people, they have the control and the ability to, you know, have one drink and, and not, you know, uh, continue. Um, but yeah. I would say that just the general, um, the general message around like driving, you know, in particular, and this is one that I feel very strongly about, um, sh should be, it, it should be a firmer thing. You know, I just think, you hear these yeah. horror stories all the time. You know, I myself got into trouble in that respect one time that, you know, I'm really not proud of it at all. And, you know, it, it's something that I think needs to be stamped out completely, um, you know, because innocent people get get hurt, you know. Um, yeah. I met this one guy one time who was just a broken guy, really lovely individual and his wife um, had been, you know, got, she basically was was killed um, by a drink driver and by the Golden Gate Bridge there. And, you know, he had tried to like himself jump off <laughs> the bridge, you know, and uh, yeah. after that, because he couldn't handle it. And, and once his daughters had, had gone to college and, you know, that hit me really, really hard. I just thought, geez, you know, this is, this is something that really needs addressing. So I know I'm kind of like making light of it a little bit, but I also, I think that is something that really brings the seriousness of what uh, alcohol can do to, to the forefront. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, I don't know if you follow Jordan Peterson, you know, I love some of the stuff he talks about where, you know, he was saying about alcohol is basically the only drug that, that makes you aggressive, basically um you know it's it's the only thing that actually makes you um uh act with aggression and do these things that you know you absolutely would never do in a, under normal circumstances that literally destroy lives and that's really molly that's that's you know the big driver behind what what i'm doing and why i decided to go and and pursue this um th this this business and this um this market this entire space because you know in one way or another i want to be a part of helping to solve that problem um you know and and you see very good people all the time that um you know many now sadly aren't with us because they couldn't you know they, they couldn't get it in control and you see it all the time that um you know truly lives families um things get destroyed it, it's you know I've been through it myself and it's it's hard to rebuild but it's possible and I think that um we sort of have this responsibility I feel very strongly you know you can call it a calling or whatever but I certainly feel as though you know I'm sure you felt it too where you feel as though it's it's sort of like your duty to um to, sh to to share your story and to um bring light to uh the fact that recovering is possible and that uh it's possible to overcome things that may have happened that um have caused you or people around you a problem and and uh you know that's a great thing so yeah no i couldn't agree more there's a few things that you said that i kind of want to circle back on um just just for informational sake, you said you went to AA and rehab for a stint. What what happened? Did it not work for you? Was did something just not 
like ring true to you? What did you do in, instead with these? Tell us about these micro habits. Yeah. Um, so, you know, rehab didn't, didn't uh, do anything really. In fact, I was kind of, I mean, I, when I went in there, you know, I, I, I blew a zero on the thing. I wasn't, you know, in a really bad way when I got there anyway. Um, I just kind of felt like it was something that I should do to check the box type of thing early on. Um, and, you know, I was kind of horrified when I looked around at what was going on in there, but I I don't want to get into detail on that. (laughs) You know, I actually, I checked out an outpatient rehab place once and I know what you mean. The people that were there were court ordered. So if it was a similar situation, yep. I totally get that. It like freaks you out. You're like, I don't belong here. And yeah, and everyone smoking, like, and developing a smoking habit, which I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe. I mean, yeah, did you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the smoker's table, everyone's there, and there's like me and one other person. Who yeah, aren't. yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up going to the smoker's table. I didn't participate, but you know, it's like, because why wouldn't you? You don't want to be that guy sitting over <laughs> in the corner all by yourself. Something's I know, wrong exactly. with you. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so that was sort of eye-opening, let's put it that way. Um, and I think that the other thing was that everybody that was in there just relapsed, right? No, there was no success story coming out of that. And there were probably 40 people in there, maybe, you know, just horrifying. I also remember asking them, um, they were talking about doing re-entry planning, right? Before we went back in. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, before we left and but but very little guidance around that, right? And um, I asked them, well, what's your success rate? Like, what what's what's the ratio like in terms of people that exit here with a plan, uh, and and are successful versus not? And they just looked at me completely blankly, like I had you know five heads or something, <laughs> you know. And I was like, wow, you don't even care about tracking or, or having that kind of impact crazy yeah um so so that was like an eye-opening thing and then um AA is 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 sort of like one of those things where I did the 90 and 90 and um and then it just I I don't know I I couldn't find you know what it was I left San Francisco that's where I kind of started doing the um the AA groups and I found quite a good one over there in the I used to work off uh, on Kearney Street and um, there's one over there and I think it's St. Mary's Church on California Street. And, you know, it, it was pretty good. I had a sponsor. He worked for a bank and, you know, very successful individual. And there were a bunch of those types of folks there. And I thought, well, OK, I can settle in here. There are, you know, there are people who are, you know, in the business realm and doing now yeah. successfully. And that's inspiring to me. And that that's quite nice. But what what happened was I met um, I met a, a woman and and you know we I moved over to um, Santa Cruz with her and it basically was really difficult to find a group there that that had people that I could really relate to if that makes sense. Yep. I don't yep. mean that in a bad way. Just you know it it you know they were good good folks, but they just at that time I couldn't really um, find that connection. So that that made it unnecessarily hard. Um, it made it kind of isolating instead of it being connecting, which is what it's really meant to do. And uh, so it was doing the opposite. 
and then I didn't have my sponsor there and, and you know so that became you know we became distanced as well so yeah I think my first go around was um not that great for that reason so I would say anyone who's listening who is part of AA or, or something you know um it's it's so important to find the right group and the right people is is definitely one of the big takeaways I would leave you know and, and it doesn't matter if it's AA or something else you know with over right. it we have we've we've created a, a group that meets up of, of like-minded individuals and and that works well because we all get along we've all been doing it for a couple of years plus now and you know we're like friends and, and that's so important yeah uh, because community is is vital to sobriety. I mean, you already feel alone because you've chosen not to drink. And then you're even more alone because now you don't have any friends, right? You don't have people that have you, that have things in common. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing that we were kind of talking about earlier, Molly was that, um, sort of, um, changing everything around you which is very challenging right and and you know when we were talking before the call here you know about it's it's you know eliminating breaking a a bad habit is doable it's possible it's actually not that hard right it might be hard for a period of time but it's really anyone can do it um but I think one of the keys is to surround yourself with uh, the products and the people and the places and eliminate the kind of things that don't serve you anymore. And right. That can be the challenging part, actually. Um, and but the point is that the community and finding the people and things and places that you can relate to that are on a similar path to you that are trying to bring uh positivity into their life that are trying to rebuild themselves which is incredibly hard that is hard because you have to confront things that you have been hiding I mean why do you drink anyway why do you numb yourself or you know take meds and stuff you know you you do that because you want to in some way like escape or get out of your away from yourself or cope with something or some kind of loss or whatever it might be always it's something um and oftentimes it's you know you you were mentioning about the the shyness thing you know the weird thing about me is everyone thinks I'm this overly like outgoing confident person um (laughs) but I think that's something that I developed actually is when I was younger I was you know pretty pretty shy actually um which is probably quite strange for a lot of people who know me but um, that's the thing and for me, like drinking was like the social lubricant. It was like the, the you know, you could you could do what you want. You can go and exactly. you know, like, be whoever you want to be, and you know that's okay. You know, for a period of time. But really, all that's happening is you're burying stuff, right? You're burying who you truly are, and you're you're creating this like character. Yeah. Did you experience that? Like where you just you've basically created this alter ego type of character that is not even really you. It's just this kind of thing that you play you know it's like hey this is the my brother my oldest brother used to call me party party guy and 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 you know because I kind of developed this like ridiculous character when I would start drinking and it would be like you know kind of all or nothing and it was just ridiculous and and I think you've got to um 
you know that's the thing you're you're hiding you're burying something i think the beauty of getting into recovery and programs like aa and some of the things that we do in our programs and and what Obrit can help you do is to actually be consistent and be real and true to who you are and um and all of that stuff but yeah i mean did did you kind of find that kind of thing as well when when you were involved in all of this oh yeah i mean if there was an event coming up, like let's say I had an event later today at five where I knew there was going to be people there, they were going to be drinking. Like I would start drinking at probably two or three in the afternoon. Yeah, that way, by the time I got there, like I was already ready to have a good time. I was funny. It was like, like you said, party person comes out, you know, that was, that was every day. I mean, it didn't matter what social event it was, even if it was like a family event, family events, I feel like were even worse because it was just like, so awkward. Like, I don't feel like I have a super close knit family. Um, and for some of the, for part of my family anyways, drinking was a big part of, you know, holiday events like Christmas and Thanksgiving and whatnot. And I remember the first year, that I was sober and I always hosted Christmas at my house and my family comes over and, you know, everybody's completely sober because they, I'd only been sober for like three or four months and they were just like, I don't know what to do. And it was like, so awkward. You know, everybody's kind of like sitting around playing on their phones. Like the kids are bored. It was terrible because, you know, the alcohol, it, it made us feel like brought together, but it also like really showed light on, wow, we're just not really a close family. Like we just really don't know a whole lot about each other. We can't sit around and have conversations with ourselves. Like I guarantee you take your coworkers out to happy hour and you take away the alcohol. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be awkward and boring. I mean, the alcohol just, it, it makes things seem exciting, even though it's not, it's truly not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. Actually, that just brought up a lot of things. Um, yeah and and that's that's again that's that point i'm making molly right is it's it's all it's fake basically it's just like complete um you're a different person everyone around you is a different person the way that you're acting is not really you it's not truly how you you know it doesn't represent your beliefs or your anything what what you're doing really is creating this persona to please the people around you so that you're you know funny or you're attractive in some way or you're like you know the guy that gets the girl at the end of the night kind of thing or whatever whatever the hell it is and it's so pathetic and I just like yeah it's now when I look back I, I think my God, like, I wish I'd chosen something that I was known for better than being <laughs> so the guy to go out right? with in New York or something like that is so lame now. Like, what, what's right. that really got me in the end? It's basically got me, you know, well, it's cost a lot of money. That's the first thing. It's a very expensive habit, especially when you're going out in, in you know, cities and things, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think about that all the time. Uh, I try not to actually, I, I try to like make peace with it and move on, right? It's over because on the one hand, I, you know, it does open up experiences, right? I will say that on the positive side, you know, because it's not all bad, is it, right? It, right. It, it, did, it did allow me to be able to be more relaxed in certain social environments. And it did allow me to be able to probably meet people that 
opened doors that probably wouldn't have opened um, if I'd just been kind of, you know, not going out and, and traveling. And it, it enabled me to go and, you know, travel to all sorts of places and things like that. But but you can do all those things without alcohol. as absolutely. well. You just have to learn how to do it. That's right. That's right. And get, you know, really comfortable and truly like confident in yourself over time. And um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's tough to understand that though, when you've had that uh, ingrained into you from, from a young age, isn't exactly. it? You know? and, yeah. 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 Because once you, once you quit drinking, you're like, okay, who am I? And then you've got to go yeah. on a whole other journey that takes several years to figure out maybe and and but you finally feel like yourself you're in your own skin you feel free to hold the beliefs and have the desires that you have because it resounds with you whereas before it was like you didn't know who you were but you felt good because you were drinking and it really didn't matter but then you wake up and you're like well I'm worse off than I was yesterday like don't you want personal growth? Don't you well, want to be better today than you were yesterday? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I must say, I really, one of the big things is just waking up early. I, I typically, today was slower, as I mentioned to you, but um, just, you know, a bit, bit drained with um, overdoing it on the exercise and work and stuff. I probably pushed it too hard recently. <laughs> um you know, that's part of the problem actually now is that, you know, you have this like massive energy a lot of the time. Yeah. Because you're not waking up feeling that dread and, and guilt and and that like just that horrendousness that makes you want to drink just to get away from the horrendousness, which then exactly. creates more horrendousness. Yes. So you're in this cycle of horrendousness. Yeah. <laughs> and I do not miss that one little bit. You know, most of the time I, I, I get up around five-ish or something nowadays, which sounds probably ridiculously early. But when you're on the West Coast, you're generally chasing the rest of the world. And True. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't do particularly well when I feel like I'm chasing my tail and I'm behind on a bunch of things. And so I prefer to like, you know, get up early, you know, and, and, and get up after it and, and really set up my day properly. And it does make a massive, a massive difference. And it's one of the things that um, has been kind of life changing for me. And in, in that respect is kind of getting the mindset into the right place early in the day and um what are you doing early in the morning to set your day up right yeah you know I've started doing um stretching in the morning um you know so uh, I one of the things I do because oftentimes I mean now not so much but oftentimes it's dark so at the minute what I'm trying to do is not snooze now today was not a good day for that. <laughs> I will admit that but I'm trying to not hit the snooze button um, because it's kind of just one of those discipline of the mind things, right? Yeah. And so generally it, the alarm goes off. Sometimes I am up before the alarm, but um, I'll get up and and usually it's a little bit dark and I have my workout gear laid out already kind of in order, right? So it's smart. Like t t-shirt on first, then the pants, then the socks. Yeah, it's um, smart. Which, it which it sounds stupid, but you know what? It eliminates a, a, a long kind of, any doubt in my mind because immediately yeah. into the gear and so I'll go and you know 
you yeah. don't have time to negotiate with yourself whether you're not going to work out it's like it's too that's late right. it's already there you're touching it <laughs> that, that's right that's right and it's just it's it's about doing things molly right and that's what obra is about we you know we're, we're all about kind of consistency and and doing things like action taking action each day whether it's large or small it doesn't matter you know ideally it's just a lot of little steps in the right direction and so just not hitting snooze is a plus right you, you you know you've already achieved something immediately before your day before you're even awake you've achieved something which is phenomenal a lot of people talk about making your bed each each morning that's yeah. an old you know military thing but it works it's a it's a small achievement believe it or not um you get into your workout gear and then you know you're you're in the mindset of I'm going to work out and and I already plan, by the way, one of the big things is I plan on a Sunday, my week and I plan like, okay, you know, not, not like a full workout plan, but I'll say, I'll write down at the top of my priority list for the week. I'm going to do um, three spin classes. I'm going to do uh, three runs or two runs and seven walks. Cause I have a, a big dog and he needs walking. Otherwise he's really annoying. Um, <laughs> and you know, he so starts eating that. your couch. Yes, exactly. He loves doing that. Um, yeah. And and so just going back to the morning piece real quick. So, you know, the workout gears on get, you know, I, I drink a couple of coffees in the morning, um, you know, to, to get the mind going a little bit. Um, and I just love that. It's, it's kind of like a ritual thing at this point. Um, and I'll do some stretching and then I'll kind of just kind of plan out what am I going to do um, today what's the big thing and it can be just one thing or a few big things I absolutely have to get done I'll read some things um, some newsletters I, I tend to use the morning to like do some of that stuff because when the day starts it's over yeah and so you know um, doing some of that stuff and absorbing content and just kind of making sure that I'm clear in my mind about what I need to do. And then I'll, I'll work out um, and, and go do the run or go do the spin. Um, and then, and then I'm into the day uh, basically, but, um, and obviously I'll, you know, set up my day in the app as well with the daily intentions, which is, you know, what are you grateful for today? What are your uh, affirmations? Um, and what are your priorities? How's your diet been? And are you on top of your household priorities? And there's a nice kind of motivational quote there to get you going. The other thing that, you know, I like to do is, is listen to kind of motivational uh, videos as well, or just music. Um, but I like both of those things in the morning as well, just to help kind of really kind of reaffirm your thinking and, and get that positive, like just pump your mind with yeah clarity and positivity and and as much of that as you possibly can early in the day i've started doing cold showers as well now oh my god really you, how's that uh, going for you you know can't do it yeah have you tried it a little bit okay so a, a girlfriend of mine went to some natural spring she lives in colorado and there's probably four pools in this place right um so the first pool is super hot because it's straight from the stream. You know, it's this yeah. waterfall. It's super hot. And the further you get away from that first pool, it gets cooler and cooler. Well, there's one pool that doesn't get any warm water at all. And we're out here. It was, let's see, we went, in, I went in January. So we're in the middle of Colorado. It's 
freezing cold, right? Snow mm. everywhere. And the challenge was to get into this pool and oh my God, it was so cold. I mean, it had to have been like 30, 40 degrees, but yeah. I got, I got up to my waist and then I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It was just, it, it literally took my breath away and I had to get out. <laughs> it really, it, it does. And, and, um, you know, what I'm trying to do now is, uh, I'll get in, you know, do the warm shower. Cause you just have to, you know, um, after, you know, working out or just in the morning or whatever, but for the, I'll try and do 30 seconds basically at the end and just turn it fully cold. And, oh, okay. you know, Molly, try it. Okay. And I've heard you- from a lot of people that it is life changing. So I, I didn't think of the, you know, start warm and then go cold. So that's, yeah. a, that's a new technique. I will try that tomorrow. Yeah. And you know, there are a ton of health benefits of doing that. And one of the other things is it helps you focus on your breathing, um, which oh, is incredibly important because you you get that shock and you're kind of like you know doing the panting thing and you just want to yes. get up. But what 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 it forces you to do is to you, you're totally in the moment first of all, which is always a good thing. You're not thinking about you know a bunch of stuff that's kind of stressing you out or things you have to do. You're just in the moment, which is so oh yeah. Your brain is completely focused on this freezing cold water <laughs> all over you. Yeah, and your body's probably thinking, oh my God, you know, what's happening right now? And, <laughs> yeah. and um, it, it's going into this kind of like mode of, right, this is kind of painful. But what, what you have to do is you have to center yourself and breathe through it and, um, and, and resist it basically until what happens is once you get your breathing in control what i've found which is amazing is that it starts to become pleasant it's really weird and sort of like probably 10 seconds into it you start to be like oh this is not so bad Um, and you know and and i've read and researched a bunch of things and obviously it's a hot thing at the moment but most people are doing the ice baths and stuff oh yeah i think it just it, it does something to your your body and and uh, your mindset and uh, I don't know yeah let me know how it goes I'm really keen to hear <laughs> if you do that and see uh, see if you enjoy it and it brings you any any goodness yeah I will so you keep talking about this thing called over it I didn't introduce that in the beginning so some listeners might be confused what you're talking about can you give us a little spiel on what over it is yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably should have done that already. Um, so Oberit is a mobile application for uh, building healthy habits. And it's what's neat about it is that um, you earn rewards for doing things each day that help you build a positive lifestyle. And uh, it's an app that um, I, you know, built, got a team together and we funded and, and have built this application uh, back in 2021. And um, we've been growing and expanding and um, continuing to add new features and products to it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that has helped me tremendously um, and, and many others. We've got, you know, 35, 36,000 people who've come through the application and, and downloaded it and signed up. And, um, you know, now we've got wearable um, integration as well. So with Fitbit and Aura Ring and um, Apple Health and Google Fit. So 
you know what what it what it does is it it allows you to be able to uh, it encourages you basically to focus on some key core habits that you should be doing kind of what we call fundamentals each day consistently and track yeah. them on a daily basis and that is daily intentions which is what we talked about before that's kind of your cognitive priming exercise of gratitude affirmations and priorities for the day um, we're tracking diet we're tracking exercise through steps we're tracking sleep uh, which is incredibly important for mindset and yeah. um, looking at how many days you've been in your recovery journey or been sober or whatever your thing might be and for all of these things we're, we're rewarding you as you go and and what's neat about it is that there's uh, a marketplace which is sort of where Beth at Sobar and I kind of came across one another um where uh we have wellness um products and and services actually um for things like non-alcoholic beverages functional beverages mushroom coffees uh, matcha um we've got financial products to help people you know build up their uh financial acumen and uh we've actually just launched a new one that is for layoff insurance for people who've been laid off unexpectedly and it helps them get access to funding quickly and things what? and for their credit and yeah it's called Quill cool. it's really awesome and they're a sponsor of ours actually they were our best performing product last year and um yeah. so yeah they, they've been extremely supportive of what we're doing and I think you know particularly in the current market it's it's a terrific offering well, yeah, uh, of course. I mean, when you get laid off, what do you want to do? You want to drink and be lazy and sit around and feel bad for yourself. So you're going to reward these people by, you know, being positive and being active. I mean, it's like a win-win. It's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so so we've got, you know, all sorts of different um, types of products in there. And, and you know, so you, we, we're encouraging individuals to participate in these healthy habits each day that you know are proven to improve people's lives and health and things and um what what tends to happen is that it makes it a lot easier to find things that are helpful to help you in your journey um, of a healthier lifestyle and it helps you eliminate things that are holding you back that are causing problems that are basically bad for you um that's really the fundamental um point and purpose of, of what we're doing and as I mentioned earlier we've also got a, a recovery program kind of a, a lifestyle type of program as well that we run um, called become by Oberit, and that's um, joinbecome.health and uh, that's kind of a next level of um, an eight-week guided course that has on-demand video and various topics and concepts and guided meditation and weekly groups that get together and we run master classes once a month with experts in things like nutrition and sleep and um stuff like that so yeah it's it's sort of That's really cool we're, yeah we're evolving into a, a full kind of platform and really excited about the journey ahead we've got some big stuff coming and uh you know I know that you're into coaching Molly and you know we think that that is a tremendous opportunity to help individuals um, that maybe need that extra level of um, guidance and um, you know so that's something that we're going to be expanding as well and 
yeah it's 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 you know it's been an interesting journey um as as i'm sure yours has um you know in in kind of doing this and uh but it, it's very rewarding um you know and uh if if we can you know we want to have an impact on what's going on in in the space and just across the us and across the world and and help people to uh overcome you know whatever might be holding them back in their lives i think everyone has the ability to um you know to do that and everybody has their own unique talent and we yeah. want to be able to help people achieve you know things that they uh, that they want to achieve in their life that uh, bring positivity and, and, you know, good things to them. Absolutely. Like you said earlier, for you and me and other people that have found sobriety and recovery and building these healthy habits, like it is our responsibility to share this information with other people. You know, it's not to me and you, some of this stuff is, is common knowledge. Like, yeah, obviously you should be doing that. But to most people, it's not. And being able to share this information and these techniques, like these habits, this app that you created is freaking awesome. I downloaded it earlier today because I wanted to check it out. And if you're going to be turning it into a platform, it's like a one-stop shop for recovery, whether it's drinking or smoking or gambling or you know, whatever the addiction is, I think it's amazing. I'm, I'm super thankful for you, Will, and I love what you're doing. And, um, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story and, um, and just definitely want to keep, keep spreading the word about over it, get you guys out there. Um, you want to tell people where they can find the app, where they can find you, any other, um, tips or suggestions. Yeah, uh, thanks for the uh, props, Molly. I I appreciate that. We it's sometimes it's we always feel like we're um, having to fix problems and we're getting you know um, critiquing all the time. So it's it's really nice to to um, hear some positive feedback and and I'm pleased you enjoy it. And thanks so much. Um, yeah, so you can uh, visit the website is getoverit.com and uh, as I mentioned the become program is uh, joinbecome.health it's also available in the um, apple app store and the uh, google play store so if you're on android you can get it there uh, the platform's free there is a premium model there's also a free trial at the moment i think for seven days to try that out where you get double coins um, for everything you do um, so yeah, but you're welcome to use a free version as well and just check it out and try it out. And uh, yeah, and you can find me uh, on LinkedIn is probably the best place um, or uh, drop me uh, an email at will at getoverit.com. And yeah, thanks so much for having me on here, Molly, and, and everything that that you do and are doing. Um, it's it's important work. And uh, I you know really appreciate you as well. And, and again, uh, thanks for having me as a guest today.